This is Postcards from Grafton. We are exploring the most fascinating people and places in our community, and everything in between. We are your hosts, Carrie Mariner and Fred Backstrom, librarians and historians at the Grafton Midview Public Library. This podcast is made possible by the Grafton Village History Association. Today, we are talking with Angela and Jason Shriver and Hannah DiVincenzo about farm life and farming in the Grafton area. As a suburbanite growing up, I don't, I never really learned too much about farming. So this conversation we had with them is really, maybe not eye-opening, but important in giving me and hopefully our listeners a, a better perspective on why farmers farm, what it means to them, what it mean, what what the community means to them. And it was really, it's really a great conversation with them. I think Jason makes the comment that like when you ask a farmer about farming, they keep talking about it and will talk until they're blue in the face. Oh but yeah, it's definitely. It's so good. Like there's just a new appreciation you get from this whole conversation. They, I think they were actually talking for another hour or so outside the building because they left at, <laughs> I was, when I left, they were still out chatting about farming. So I, I think that shows how passionate they are for what they do for their profession for their maybe their calling is a better word for it mm-hmm. it seems like it, it's in their blood absolutely they're out there for like two hours because i saw them during my lunch and they were still <laughs> there so and they want to come back on the show and we would love to have them because they're just oh there's they're awesome. so much more to ask them about yeah i mean i'm still not positive what chicken litter is well i am well i guess i am now but <laughs> i wasn't until i had to look it up but yes learning these things is especially is as a lot of us live and work in you know relatively rural communities it's great yeah it makes you think about where your food is coming from and what those labels at the grocery store mean and what exists in your own backyard things we should all know about our history matters our community matters enjoy the stories Hey everyone, we have some awesome guests today. Um, We are first going to introduce the Shrivers. Thank you so much for being here with us. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yes, thank you for having us. Uh, My name is Jason and my wife Angela. Uh, We farm in Lorraine County, Grafton Township. Um, The Shrivers started farming on the corner of Mental Road in 303 on an apple orchard. That's where my great-grandfather started. Um, then it moved down the road just a little bit. My grandpa started a dairy farm. So a transition from an apple orchard to a dairy farm to just row crop farms, and now we're organic. So we have definitely changed a lot since uh, we first, Strivers first started in Grafton. Um, my wife and I have uh, five children, um, Emma, Leah, Olivia, Lane, and Case. Um, we get the pleasure of raising them on the farm. Yes. And um, that, that's us in a nutshell. We also have uh, Hannah DiVincenzo here. Uh, I know your focus is mainly with the, the Farm Bureau, but why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? And sure. To what you do. Uh, my name is Hannah DiVincenzo. Um, I actually did not grow up in Grafton. I grew up in Avon Lake, um, so still in Lorain County. But um, my introduction to farming was through my husband. His family has been farming on Island Road for a really long time. 
I think back into 1920s, <clears throat> and his great-grandfather had a dairy farm, and then um, his father had a Christmas tree farm, and now we just purchased our farm last year, and so we're getting into the business. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. I've yeah. been to the tree farm, so. Not, not the tree farm. <laughs> not we the actually, tree farm. We actually purchased um, the last piece of <laughs> land that was from the original dairy farm. So we've oh, got. Oh, excellent. excellent. Yeah, we've got the last piece for, um, right now we're going to start with a pastured poultry oh. business. Yep. Exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so you said uh, you... You said you, you, you guys grew up in it and you didn't. Um, so if you didn't, why do you think it's, why are you interested in getting into it, I suppose, into that, so, that industry? Um, I've always been interested in agriculture growing mm -hmm. up in a place that didn't um, have a 4-H group. Oh, really? I always wished that I could be part of that industry, especially as a child. My grandpa had the most amazing gardens. And that's, I think, what sparked my interest in that it's possible to grow your own food. <laughs> um, and so what was, what was in my life, at least, it was always my dream to have our own farm. And so to actually make that a reality last year was absolutely amazing. Oh, wow. um, but that's kind of what got me into it was just seeing my grandpa and how he was able to grow all of his own food. And so that's pretty, pretty much been my goal the whole time is grow as much of our own food as possible. And then, um, you know, once I met Joe, his background kind of sparked that more, especially through his dad, who's a huge, who was a huge advocate for agriculture. True. Um, and so that's why we just, we keep, we keep enjoying every day of it and advocating for it and, and uh, making sure that we're uh, speaking for all the people that maybe who mm -hmm. aren't. Yeah, definitely. Well, Jason and Angela, how about how about you all? I mean, wh why did you stay with it? I suppose because I know a lot of people leave as the generations move on. What what, what kept you there? Just the opportunity to keep farming in the same area. Um, just lucky enough to be able to do that is a, def a feat in itself. There's a That's saying that farming's in your blood. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know, I, I know a lot of people have a passion for agriculture and they don't grow up in it. Um, I think for those that do, you get that added benefit of you already are familiar with the ups and downs. And, you know, my dad said it's like a lot like uh, risk taking. Sure, you know, you have sure. to have that propensity to take risks um, and then also love the work that you do. Um, yeah. And I think that is just part of who you are. Um, sort of that, that built in passion for it, that, that just something that's sort of there. Yeah. You can't get yeah. rid of it. You know? I think it's a, it's a unique opportunity. I do think farming mm -hmm. is a, a unique occupation in that you're at home and you can raise your kids around the strong work ethic. You can show them the earth in a way that other people don't. Mm. Um, and so I think that that's part of it too. Yeah. It just, it was just, just the opportunity was just to stay home. So we, that's what we did. We just stayed home to farm. That opportunity just arose. So we, we went with it. 
as opposed to moving out of the moving, area to farm yep. somewhere else. I don't think not farming was ever on the table. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not for him. It was, yeah. That's what it was going to be then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have that. A lot of people don't have that luxury to have to to in, to be lucky enough to enjoy that or yep. to you know take advantage of that. So that's that's pretty great, especially if you can do it long term and generation to generation. You know, keep that land in, in the in the family and, and correct. And, when you can recognize, yeah, the intrinsic value in that alone, mm -hmm. um, it becomes even more meaningful. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I know I've heard other people in the farming industry talking about being like stewards of their land, mm -hmm. and you know, it's very meaningful to them. So I can definitely see why that would be why you'd want to stay for sure. What are some of the, I guess, what are some of the challenges, though? Because you talked about being up and down a lot, and you have to kind of understand that. But, like, what are the challenges that you don't think maybe regular people might understand or, you know, like, realize? For, I'm going to say a young farmer, but we're kind of... We're kind of reaching that that young farmer status right now. We've graduated yeah. past um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, just uh, keeping a cash flow. Mm. I mean, as a young farmer, you know, having that cash flow and having that, and and you know, ability to rent ground, making that those networks oh, right. and you know connections mm. of just being able to rent ground to to keep moving forwards, is a big challenge. It's a big challenge still today for any farmer, not just. Young and beginning farmers, any farmer still has I think that challenge. Small farmers in particular. Mm -hmm. um, I think that young beginning farmers is classified under that small farming category. Uh, okay. And I think every um, like kind of grouping of agriculture, whether you're large or small, um, have generally speaking the same issues, but they're wildly different in importance, I guess on a day-to-day. -day. So what I would imagine a small farmer would have issues with cash flow or capital investments. Um, every decision is a major decision because um, sure. you're working with a lot smaller funds. Whereas yeah. when you have a larger, well-established cash flow, still an issue, but not necessarily on the same scale. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, I, <laughs> We had taken a trip to Vegas um, at one point, and um, I, oh, don't you want to gamble? And I said, no, I married a farmer. I gamble every day. <laughs> I have no desire to put a penny in a slot. <laughs> no. I'm good. Um, but yeah, every day, every season is a gamble. You have to take what you know, trust in your own knowledge, mm -hmm. and do and make just... The best decisions at that time. So many decisions, yeah. It, it almost yes. seems like anyone in the farming industry is it has to have so many different like skills and so much knowledge it's not just the the farming it's the it's finances and investments and there's so much involved in it it's it's kind you're of amazing. agronomist be your own mechanic yeah just social media social marketing <laughs> mm -hmm. uh keeping all the financials making decisions about animals or 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 what grain you're going to purchase and how you're going to live out that summer that growing season and every day i think there's a lot of decisions, <laughs> a lot of decisions. <laughs> even just family budgeting is a subset right? of that because mm. you can't guarantee your income in agriculture 
Um, and, you know, at least in our main forte, which is crops, you get paid once a year. And that lump sum from harvest, you have to decide what's going back to the business mm -hmm. and what you can take out of family expenses. And it has to last 365 more days. One bad decision. Could sink you in a lot could, of ways. Yeah. You, know? you have to have resilience to best bounce uh, back because you're not always going to make the best decisions yeah. either. And you have to have the fortitude to actually honestly take a look at your decisions mm -hmm. and say, hey, we could have done a better job. Maybe we should take more risk. Maybe we should take less risk. Um, and it's really hard to look at yourself and your decision making and look at it honestly. Mother Nature makes decisions for you too. Mm -hmm. mm. Sometimes yep. she gives you good ones and sometimes not so good. Sometimes you have to roll with the punches. Yeah, yeah sometimes punches. it's a challenge. Yep. Mm -hmm. But that's what's fun about it. Part that's what's beauty. part of yeah. what's attractive about it is it is constantly challenge you, challenging you in a way that making those decisions when you have a win when you do something that is is it turns out to be wonderful it's really rewarding it is and it's, make and make the best of that opportunity because next year might be different yeah yeah mm -hmm. yep. there's so many variables involved i suppose mm -hmm. yeah. even more than even with any small business yep. you have to worry about nature itself yep. it's not just markets and finances it's things that you don't have full control over control i suppose over. right mm -hmm. Gee. So what kind of, you mentioned you, you, you do a lot of um, crop. Like what's the focus, what, what do you all focus on, I suppose, with your farms? You uh, Hannah, first? do you want to start? Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. So John and I are just starting out. Like I said, yeah. we, um, we purchased 35 acres and currently we're running pastured poultry on a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. And so what that is, is um, we're raising meat birds for, oh, okay. for, for uh, whole fryers. Mm -hmm. Um, or broilers is what they're called. And then we are also doing eggs. So pastured eggs, we do a really colorful um, egg carton. So we've got a lot of different breeds of chickens that lay different colored eggs. We have a lot of olive green eggs and blue Ooh, eggs. So cool. yeah, yeah, it's super cool. We're having a lot of fun with that. So that's kind of where we're started right mm -hmm. now. Um, this summer, we're working with a CSA to provide our products up to more um, Northern Lorain County. Oh, okay. And then also um, providing them around here as well. And then um, in the future, we hope to expand based on the, the markets. And um, it's been fun. <laughs> We've learned a lot. We're, we're, <laughs> we run our pastured um, meat birds on what's called a chicken tractor. So they're out. It's uh, two foot high. I think they're 12 foot by 12 foot um, tractor that we built. Mm -hmm. And they, they stay in there and they get moved every day. So... So that the, way they're on fresh grass, they're able to eat the bugs, they're able to dig in the dirt, and that's the kind of things that chickens like to do. Um, so it's a, it's a better way to raise them in our mind. Um, we really enjoy watching chickens be chickens. It's a more sustainable yeah. way to raise them. Um, mm. and, and we're kind of focused on very small scale, and so mm. that we can focus on the quality of the animals, the health of the animals because that leads to a better product um uh, and so we're doing that and who knows what the future will bring i don't know i don't know where we're gonna head after that but it, it does seem that that's kind of what the consumer market is interested in yes to some degree i mean that's what we hear a lot about at least is as, as a consumer and not a producer i think oh okay that probably that sounds like a good way of doing things i should probably buy that product right because it's you know 
Right, and it's nothing yeah. against big commercial agriculture. Sure, sure. Um, it's just a different way. Just it's a different, a different way, way to it. utilize the land. It's a different way to regenerate the land mm-hmm. so that we're not making as big of an impact on the land. Um, and so we, we really are trying to focus our methods for growing. Um, and, and just starting out, you know, we're going to sure. learn and figure out what works best and, and um, hopefully establish ourselves in the market sure. around here. And it's going to be fun. I suppose you never stop learning as you go to in that industry. You have to right. just constantly reassess and reevaluate. Right, right. There's always challenges. You yeah. talked about earlier, mm-hmm. what, what are one of the challenges? Mm-hmm. Well, at least for us, we have to deal with, um, you know, suppliers of animals coming in. Oh. This second batch that we got, unfortunately, the post office right now is, is and I don't know if I want to put this in. Oh, that's a disaster. We all <laughs> the know it's a disaster. The post office is a disaster. And so, <laughs> I feel know, bad for them, but we're counting on a certain amount of birds coming in and mm-hmm. we lost some of them. And, and yeah. what's hard about that is then, you know, that product's already sold. <laughs> so we've got to, you know, go back and start over. Fine, yeah. And, you know, and there's always pressure, especially, you know, in, in any type of farming, there's pressure from the weather and there's pressure from predators or, or predators, um, pests yeah. and things like that. So for us, um, we've already hit challenges. <laughs> we've hit some tax issues. We've hit, um, you know, neighbors maybe not being the happiest with us and you know it, it is challenging it is it is challenging but there's just something about it something. that you get up every day and you're like this is exactly what i want to be doing mm-hmm. so i've heard this stuff with neighbors before yeah. <laughs> i think yeah. actually another per- the renee, renee mentioned about, about like it. sorry about that we're trying to because you know you try to be good neighbors and but you're you're working right you're right and, th- and not everybody understands yeah. i mean our birds are in our front yard essentially mm-hmm. i mean that's mm-hmm. kind of our front yard and we we don't keep it mowed because they're eating the grass and some people may not understand that because mm-hmm. there are people that treat their lawn in a certain way whereas we look at it as, as food for the animals and so it's your workplace it's not exactly. like, it's not a golf course <laughs> you know exactly exactly so it is tough um mm-hmm. there's coming up in the next what couple weeks going to be uh, some some fertilizer spread back there that's going to be quite smelly, <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> and and it, it's the way of of regenerating the land in sure, a way that sure. you know it's not chemicals, it's not something that's going to harm the land. It's mm-hmm. but it is going to be smelly. Sustainable, <laughs> like you said, Angela. Sustainable. Yeah, yeah more sustainable. Keeping good communication with your neighbors is a very uh, important task for a farmer to do mm-hmm. to keep communication with your neighbors yep. because well they're your neighbors and you're going to be living with them for a very long time right if you don't have that communication with them you might have some issues you could or, or potentially have issues with yep. your neighbors yep. and you, well, also we don't want that to you know we don't want to have that right no no and i mean it goes with the community too this is a perfect way to reach out to the community and go hey this is what they or we are doing right. in the community. And this is why. And this is why we are doing it. Yeah. So it's just not your neighbors, it's a whole community to and it, it, stay that informed. Up, yeah, and that brings up a good point about mm-hmm. the community understanding that, mm-hmm. you know, more specifically the example that comes to mind is tractors being on the road. Oh, you know, yes, the tractors. It, it's important to us that the people driving those tractors stay safe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I understand yeah. that... Um, People are in a hurry and, and trying to get around tractors, but I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it more than I ever have, but it's, it, I think it's, it's important that the community helps support us rather than 
um, maybe just not understanding what's happening. Yeah, because you are, I mean, that's what the community is. That's like the industry in the community. That's that's a big part of it is that that life, that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know. I think there's a disconnect between the community and agriculture. Um, and I think farmers have to bring that communication back because with with increasing the knowledge about farming, that will increase their appreciation of and then patience with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of lack of a lot of things. And yeah, and I think it all stemmed from just, you know, the further generation is removed from a farming background, right. the less they have any idea of the importance of it. We, right? we, we live in a high pace society. Mm-hmm. So when you, we, you know, as farmers, we are not out there to potentially slow you down. We, I mean, we are just trying to go from one place to another. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Just give us a little, yeah. just give well, us a little break. I, I just want to feed you. <laughs> Please. But I mean, I, and I, you yeah. know, that's not yeah. our goal is to slow you down, but no, every, no. it's just, but you, that's how you have to get, because if the properties have been spread out now, I know mm-hmm. they're not all in one giant chunk like they used to be anymore. Yeah. And there's bits and pieces and you have to go there. You know, I, I remember starting working here and thinking, oh, I guess I'll be dealing with farm stuff. And I was like, okay, I don't know. There's the farms. There's farms here. What are you going to do? I always had that weird fantasy of speeding underneath that one giant one. <laughs> That's That's rare. Rare. Yeah, That's I was like, oh, I can fit. And they're like, no, favorite. I can't fit. I'll just sit here and wait. But <laughs> I have that weird, th- I've watched too many movies. Probably. Okay, well, I can make it. But I thought, well, there's somebody in there. I don't want to scare the poor person in the thing. That's when they'll go to turn. Yeah, I just wait. I was like, oh, now, that might be a good farm day thing, though. Have a spray out and be like, if you have a small car, try to just drive under it. We won't out. move it. It'll just fulfill your, your little the fantasy. And it's, there's something. Oh, yeah. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. I, those are, that's one of my favorite pieces of equipment, too. When the you know the arms the, come out, the I just enormous, think they're, so, they're super cool. There's something <laughs> something fascinating about the yes. you know, just the, the hardware involved in that industry that you think, oh, wow, you could easily get annihilated by those poor things. I mean, it's so dangerous to do that, too, I know. Yeah, visibility, that's, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a real always see real everything. Risk. What kind of things do you you all raise then, or grow, I should say? So, we obviously, well, we grow corn, soybeans. Um, mm-hmm. Just started last season with sunflowers. Oh, really? So we grow sunflowers so for oil. Oh, oh that's a huge thing It stemmed from it? when we transitioned to organic, oh, that wow. we realized the importance of a varied crop rotation, mm-hmm. and so we've been putting in different crops. Variety. Yes. So, yes, we do have a quite a, well, I wouldn't say large, but a very um, unique crop rotation. Mm-hmm. So we do the corn, obviously we do the soybeans, now we're doing the sunflowers. We also plant wheat, and there's other crops out there for us as organic farmers. There mm-hmm. are markets that we can reach that maybe our conventional neighbors won't have that opportunity to do, like with our organic sunflowers. For organic, it's very profitable in our area. In the area. If we were conventional farming sunflowers, there's it's not very profitable. <laughs> what, what there's, there's no market in mm-hmm. our area. For us, we have to go search and find our markets, oh. but it's still profitable. Mm. Even though we have to truck it a, a, a distance, it is still profitable it still for makes, us. Yeah, it still works for you. Yeah. Is that the reason you kind of went to the organic or you, you, you switched over? Um, I, I, well, here's a short answer. The, the, main, <laughs> the main reason is to for the Shrivers to stay in the farming game. Mm. 
for that the was our, to stay around. That was our opportunity. Take that risk. The profit and move margins over, yeah. um, for any farmer are not great. Mm. Um, it's definitely a struggle, but the smaller you are, um, the slimmer your profit margins are. Um, and so it became a question of, do we want to struggle and barely survive? And then just maybe cross our fingers that mm -hmm. we would have something for our children without having for them to start all over, because we know what that feels like to have to start from scratch. Mm. Um, and it was, so it was kind of a financial move. There's more money, more profits in the organic sector. And primarily that's why we, um, made the shift organic agriculture uh, and since then we've discovered the um, beauty and intricacies of farming in oh, general really? that we just had no idea about before um and we've spoken on this um sometimes we're just absolutely surprised at the things we didn't know especially mm -hmm. having been in farming for i mean at that point it was like maybe 18 years mm -hmm. um and there's just not a lot out there on soil health and what chemicals do to your soil, what, mm -hmm. um, why you want a crop rotation, um, just how everything works together um, in nature. What does that process look like? Because I know me as a consumer, when I'm in the store and I see organic, I'm like, oh, that sounds good. But I sounds what, fun. <laughs> yeah. What goes behind it? You know? Oh, we could spend all day. Well, short version um, and just our story, I guess, when we how did we transit? Let's talk made about the, the transition. Decision, tr mm. Transition. Yeah. Um, it was a three-year process of no mm. chemicals, no commercial um, or synthetic, synthetic fertilizer, fertilizer. Mm. Um, and so we had to get creative. Um, which there's organic agriculture has been around and been a thing for twenty plus years. Um, there's farmers that the never name have organics. Applied there, there was yeah. always organic yes. farming. Oh, sure, of just they then they put, a, you know, they put a name behind. They put a name behind. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's always been farmers that have just been anti-synthetic, anti-chemical, um, and have done their thing. Um, so when we transitioned, you know, it was new to us, new to this area specifically, um, and so we had mm. to do a lot of research. And okay, how do you accomplish this? And you know, one way is with chicken litter. Um, so anyhow, so we get through our three years of transition. Let me fast forward a little bit. Um, and that it's a very tough period. Um, mm. And not a lot of people want to take that jump because you're still getting your conventional prices at the mill, but you're growing. Farming organically. Farming mm -hmm. organically. Which is more time consuming. A lot more time consuming. Mm. Yeah, more time consuming. Um, you have to, you know, with organic farming, you have to think three, four, five years out on your crop rotations. Mm. And what you're doing with your soil today, and yeah. What, yeah, what you do with your soil today will affect you two years from now, three years now from now with the crop you're growing because you're actually growing. I know we're jumping all over the board here. <laughs> but this is the fun stuff. For, yeah. for us, for me, we have to grow our fertility. We can't oh, buy sure, our fertility. Sure, sure, sure. So That's I have exactly to grow mm -hmm. almost 100% of my nitrogen for corn, mm. for my sunflowers now that we're in the sunflower business. <laughs> um, luckily for us, we do have a supply, a good supply of chicken litter. We do purchase chicken litter for our potash and phosph phosphorus and some little bit of right. N, a little nitrogen. bit of nitrogen. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing our neighbors had to find out the hard way. <laughs> that's, that's, not what way. Was, that's what uh, I was talking yeah. about earlier. <laughs> 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 you know, and 
it's we had to explain to you know our neighbors that's the they know that's just the smell of fertility. Yeah, I it's mean, just yeah. it's it's just smell of dollars Basically, without yeah. you know using chemicals or. Yeah. Uh, you oh. know, a commercial fertilizer. It's good for them too, as your neighbors, because they're neighbors to somebody who is doing things right. Yep. And you know, <laughs> taking it's, care of things. So I mean, to get so. That's, and then on the other side, mm-hmm. um, so same same process. We're always thinking. We're always problem solving. It's always at least three to five years out. Um, anticipating what will potentially grow, what our crop rotation is going to be, and how we need to treat our soil today. Sure. And then, I I think the biggest clarification is not so much what an organic consumable product is. It's to me what an organic consumable product is not, mm. and it's no pesticide residue, mm-hmm. no chemical residue. Etc. And so, you know, with all the extra work behind it, with all the extra knowledge that you need to, like he said, grow your fertility, um, know what cover crops do what to your soil. Um, so what do you need to plant to get the next cash crop to be healthy? Um, it's, it's really time consuming, but yet very fun um, process. It is. It's, it's- it's made you really fit. have to be on your toes. Yep. It, it's made me, it's made farming fun again for me oh, wow, because really? it, there's a whole different set of challenges. New things to learn, new things to try. Yes. I just can't make that phone call to my fertilizer dealer anymore of what, what can I do or what can I do today mm-hmm. to save my crop? Mm-hmm. There, there's for not, this year, yeah. I don't have that no more. You just it's, have to know. No I have to know. Learn. Fixes. No more band-aids. We call them yeah. band-aids. Yeah. Yeah. There's no more band-aids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No more Oh no! I need to get the sprayer guy out here to spray his weeds. Mm-hmm. I just have to do a better job next year. Yeah, Make, makes you more, I guess, uh, self reliant in a lot of ways and, and in, in, independent too. I bet that yeah. is. I bet that's a benefit of that because you don't and, have to rely on. And just like I mentioned, the knowledge of the community mm-hmm. in order to lead to an appreciation of farmers. Mm-hmm. When you gather that knowledge. Mm-hmm that just isn't out there. I mean, we've just had to take classes and do research, but when you gather that knowledge, we even ourselves have a much greater appreciation mm. of farming, soil health, um, the way everything interacts with each other. Um, it has it expanded our appreciation of agriculture mm. tenfold. To add on to that, um, from a consumer side, I think one of the most important things that I want the community to know mm-hmm. is, especially coming from you know organic farmers, when you're in the store and you're looking at a label, you shouldn't be asking, you know, what label should I buy? Should I buy organic? Should I buy non-organic? The question you should be asking is, how was this product produced? Mm. Because when it comes to labeling and when it comes to marketing, the companies that have a ton of money are better at it than small farms like us. So the question that consumers should be asking is, do I know the farmer who grew this? Because if you know the farmer who grew it, you can ask them any question you want. You know, what did you do? How did you do it? And that's, I think, the most important thing that the community could be doing is, how did you grow this product? Can I can I eat this? Because you can ask those questions and the conversation is open. We'll answer any question you want to know regarding... What did we do to make that product? And so I think for the community, it's important to maybe make decisions 
about where that food, where your food dollar is going, mm -hmm. because there are far small farmers that are really trying hard to make sure that the product that ends up on the shelf is the best product that they could possibly produce. That's everybody's goal. Yep. Everybody's goal is to produce the best product. And so it's important for us to communicate that, um, you know, ask us questions. If you want to know about organics, ask us questions. What's the difference? What's chicken litter? You know, <laughs> all those different things. Um, we, yeah. we like those questions. Yeah. The, the one thing mm -hmm. we should take out of this um, whole pandemic is our food resources, our, where our food comes from, because, yeah. you know, that was a big issue when this pandemic first started. Very much so. People started thinking locally. Mm -hmm. We, as farmers in our community, we need to take that opportunity to keep following through with this. Mm -hmm. Local food, especially in the meat uh, industry, took off. Local meat took off in our uh, the because the big packing the big packing plants were shut down. They were shut, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So now you had to come back to your community where your, your you know local food yeah. has grown, mm -hmm. yeah. and and then you and, know the people that you're getting, and you know, and, yep. mm -hmm. and that's and that's the most important thing. Yeah. Just just when you know who grew what you're eating, there's no better reward than actually feeding that to your family because you know where it came from and. Not to say the stuff in the store is bad or anything oh, sure. about that. It's just you can't ask those questions. Right. You can't ask the farmer, how did you do this or, or how was this done? There's so many documentaries right. putting farming in such a bad light that those are the few and far between. But generally, mm -hmm. most people are raising a product that they would feed to their family. I don't know anybody who's like, I would mm -hmm. never feed what I raised to my family because... <laughs> That's, I mean, that's our livelihood. That's what people are making their, that's how they, they make their livelihood. So I think it is important that, and I've already talked with other, with other farmers that they saw a rise in local foods and local consumers coming to them during the pandemic, but that's starting to die off already. Mm. And there's people who are saying, you know, I got all these new customers last year, but I haven't seen them again. Mm -hmm. And that's important, I think, to continue to visit the local farms. And if you can't find them, there's so many resources online that, that say, you know, um, local harvest being one of them. If you're looking for a specific product, you go on there, you can find mm -hmm. a local farm. There's plenty of them around here. So I think even though we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, it's important to make sure that people are still asking, you know, who makes this product? I want this product. Where can I find it? You had mentioned something earlier too about kids and like having a connection of like, this actually came out of the ground and where yep. does my food come from? And I think hopefully with the pandemic too, that's something that we can continue to show them like, this is in your community. This is what happens. Here's what goes into what you eat. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's, I mean, at least for myself and Joe, we, our whole goal in our piece of land is to raise our kids in a way that they can go be advocates mm -hmm. for where does that, where does their food come from? I want them to know all of that mm -hmm. so that they can go to school and, you know, talk to other kids about about farming and the opportunities whereas in the past i think some people um you know in our generation have got it not a farming because they saw it in a certain way but it's so much opportunity mm -hmm. just you have to look at it a little bit differently mm -hmm. you have to maybe take some chances that are uncomfortable but are so rewarding what kind of changes have you seen just from growing up in farming or being interested in it to where you are now I'm going to start with primarily that lack of community mm. education and support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think even just from a generation ago, um, 
like almost a separation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We technology has changed the farming industry tenfold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say back when my grandfather was farming, everybody helped everybody. Now we're all the farmers. Now we're uh, self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. With, the, with just with just with the movement forwards and technology, every farm can sustain itself. So we've lost, you know, you lose that neighborly touch, sure. you know, mm-hmm. as we go forwards. Back when my grandfather was farming, you had that neighborly touch because you helped each other thrash wheat, everything. Mm-hmm. That's you just went from farm to farm. Mm-hmm. Just kept going. Now everybody does it on their own. And part so, to, to piggyback off of that, part of the part of the issue with that is we haven't touched on the, the you know how expensive equipment is. And so, you know, the changes I think that are affecting farms now is is bigger, more expensive equipment. Well, if we're all not working together, we're both buying the same piece of equipment, uh, mm-hmm. which is a struggle too because, you know, harvest is the same-ish time and so it's hard to to share equipment, but I think the price, you know, to get into farming is so difficult because the equipment is so incredibly expensive. So we've lost that you know, hey, you have this piece, I'll have this piece. When you need mine, you let me know, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And so it's, I think, something that maybe maybe could help some smaller farms, you know, working together again, rather than just we do our thing, you do your thing. It's, it's interesting to think that technology has done that to that industry, to the agricultural industry as well, because it's done it to just people in general, mm-hmm. separated them. That's yeah. true. Like, yeah, the whole yeah. I mean, you can drive a tractor by a satellite. You can just sit yeah. in the tractor and a satellite precision drives, you know, keeps it better than probably. Yep. Then human touch. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's that, there's that, I think that feeling that people think that farming is primitive. But in fact, it's extremely high tech oh, from is. what I've heard and learned over the last few years. It is. Like cutting edge technology because you have to. Yep. Mm-hmm. When, just, uh, sorry, but, no. <laughs> and, and, and it's in my eyes and my feeling, it's also hurt the farming industry too. Mm-hmm. We've lost, we've lost that and we've lost a lot of good farmers to technology too. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. So, you know, guys are getting bigger. Well, someone has to leave. It, it someone loses yeah. when other guys get bigger. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting bigger. I'm mm-hmm. not saying anything's wrong with getting bigger. But we do lose a family in the farming industry. Yeah, and we're seeing that in Grafton. We are, we are we are seeing this in our own community. Mm-hmm. That and and that's. So technology is good, and technology is also it has that detrimental. There's other the other side of the coin. Yes, it's like oh, this makes life easier, but also it it almost shrinks the community. And yes, separates it in, in weird ways that, and which yeah. then shrinks your town completely too. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. you've you've lost something. You've lost something in your own town, and you can't get that back. Yep. Once no. that far, once farmland is gone, it's gone. You can't. Unless, at least in our case, unless if, if you know somebody, yeah. I mean, it is extremely hard to find. Like you spoke to earlier, it's extremely hard to find land. It's, yeah. it, it is because as the generations change, unfortunately, one of the drivers is finances. And so if someone sees, hey, I could, I could sell this land and get this much money or I could work really, really hard and maybe get this much money, you know, they make that decision. And 
that has consequences. It has consequences on the community because mm-hmm. we can't, once there's a housing development there, we can't change it. We can't go back. Oh, it's there. <laughs> we can't go back. And so yeah. I think for our community, we want everyone to maybe um, think about how important it is that these farms that are local, that they stay yeah. and, and that they stay so that the families that are, that are, you know, running that farm so that family can stay there and not get driven out to, you know, there's cheaper land all over the country. Sure. But for us, it's important that this is our family's farm. <laughs> so. I mean, with just mm-hmm. urban sprawl, Grafton has definitely seen in yeah. my years in Grafton, it's changed a bunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has changed a ton. But you don't have to go very far south or west where they haven't seen that yet. True, true. In Lorraine County itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, past. But yeah, there's a lot of places in Lorraine County have not been touched by this yet. Grafton is close enough to Cuyahoga County, or, you know, L- L- Cleveland, mm-hmm. where it's just, it's it's stretching out this way. And we are definitely, we're, we are definitely seeing that. And we're in that process right now. It's changing mm-hmm. the community. It's changing the community. I mean, I, I, I literally have watched like five houses go up down 83 mm-hmm. on a big farm i thought oh now there's five houses here all of a sudden mm-hmm. where this was a field for the last decade that i've been driving past it it's yep. really i've seen people in their giant machines doing stuff yeah. and now there's houses there yep. it's a very strange thing very, mean, yeah, yep. and as it's, a farmer it's bittersweet and disheartening yeah. um you know there's a fine line between economics um business decisions you know like Every business, you know, can't survive if it doesn't have a functioning, you know, financial model. But um, farming is one of those very special businesses where it, um, I feel like your connection to land, especially family mm-hmm. land, mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really sad. I know at some point, you know, you have to compromise. People need houses. Yeah. People do want to raise their kids outside of cities. And I sure. understand that. Um but when you risk losing every farm, then you risk losing the heart of a community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it loses what the people are moving here to get. That's mm-hmm. it, yeah. And then, yeah. then it's gone. And there has to be that, that balance has got to be almost, it's got to be so hard to find. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. And there's, and so there's only 1% of the population in our nation is a farmer mm-hmm. feeding 99%. Yeah. Of the population there's i mean go, go out west it's uh, there's oodles and oodles of acres to farm but i guess you know we're here in grafton we, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know where i was going to go with that but <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, you, and you've been here for so long and yeah. it's, yeah. it's just part no, i have of uncles it. who yeah, it's part of it left yeah. and i have uncles i have uncles out in nebraska mm-hmm. that are farming indiana that are farming but at that time, my grandfather and grandmother had 11 children. Well, 12. We've had my Uncle Hero, which makes 12. So the opportunity for them to stay was not there because my grandpa was still, and grandma and grandpa were still raising children. So they had to go find other opportunities. If they wanted yeah. to farm, yes. If yeah. they wanted to stay in the farming um, mm-hmm. game. So much of they are doing very well mm-hmm. out where they are, and they're raising, you know, I have cousins out there farming now. So... They're doing very well out that way. But we can't lose, you know, the small farm touch that we have in Grafton. Mm -hmm. That is what makes Grafton, I think, special. 
Um, there's many things, but I think that's one of them. Um, there's still this small farm, small town kind of feel, mm -hmm. which then makes people want to move out there and yeah, build a house. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. how, you know, and, I, and I want to add that um, aside from all of that, local food and knowing your farmer, if we all have to move out to Nebraska to farm, you're, I mean, there's not going to be any of that in existence. You'll never you know? have it. And so it does have to be that thought of what does the community need to do to ensure the livelihood of farms, farm families, farmers, so you still have access to that because sure. that's important on many aspects, one of which is just your personal health mm -hmm. sure. and knowing oh, where your food comes from. And yep. not being reliant on big industries to ship it in. And if it doesn't make it to the grocery store shelves because of what it, you know, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you have no food. And what are you going to do? You're out of luck at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You spoke to 1% of the population feeding the other 99%. I think that's why it's so important that consumers understand where their food is actually coming from mm -hmm. and that they question it. They question it and say, why am I buying this versus that? And unfortunately, a lot of the times it comes down to cost. And, you know, that's why there are big box stores, because the cost is appealing. But sometimes in order to support a local farm, if it's just a bit of decision off of cost, it's, it's sometimes you have to let that go and mm -hmm. choose to support your community instead of choosing a product that maybe costs a little bit less. Yeah. And if you want your community to, to remain your community. Exactly. If you want, if yeah. you want to keep see small farms mm -hmm. here and, and thriving, then you have to make that decision. And that's hard for people. I think sometimes that's a hard decision to have to make, but they're all consumers are also the ones who are saying, I want this specific product raised this specific way. Well, if you want that, you know, then we need to be able to stay in the community so that we can farm that way. And we need to be able to have enough land so that we can produce that product. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, the other 99% of, of, people that are looking at agriculture i think just we need this is a time where we need more support to be able to remain in the community sure. doing what we want to do mm -hmm. raising the products that people want yeah there is that disconnect between what they want and the understanding of what to. goes into it mm -hmm. exactly yeah. yeah have you done any kind of advocacy for like the community and keeping farming in this area yeah, um, two years ago, um, Jason and I started the community outreach, community farming outreach initiative, um, in hopes to turn it into a nonprofit um, to just engage the community, mm. engage local farmers that are still in the mindset of it's just them and they're self reliant and they don't need the support of the community necessarily. That mm. it really is a group effort. You need the farmers to be able to interact with the consumers and the community in order to, you know, spread the knowledge, increase the appreciation, um, and then it gets returned by support, you know. Um, so we did that. We had um, a field day. Um, we've hosted a um, farm tour before, um, and we try to take every opportunity we can to reach as many people as we can um, to just let them know the importance of it because it really is um, it's kind of getting to the point of you either are like a corporate farm mm -hmm. you know and you're supplying those big box stores 
or you're the small farm and the small farm still needs the support of the community. Mm -hmm. um, Hannah, you're, you're involved with the Farm Bureau quite a bit. I, and and what, what kind of work does that organization do exactly to kind of facilitate all, all of this? So um, Jason and I are both on the board for Lorraine County Farm Bureau. Mm -hmm. And you might want to speak to it more than this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll fill, I okay. will fill it in. <laughs> um, he's actually been on the board longer than I have. <laughs> um, so Lorraine County Farm Bureau is um, an international organization. Mm -hmm. and, and so it starts with American Farm Bureau. And then there's an Ohio Farm Bureau and now down to the county level. So um, we're on the board for Lorraine County. And... One of the main themes of um, being a board member for Lorraine County is, number one, advocacy. I mean, I think we try to provide programming for the community mm -hmm. so that they can interact with farmers, understand the products that we're growing, understand more about farming that maybe they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have experienced before. So we try to provide programming to the community for advocacy. So we have a fall farm tour. Individuals can come, we, you know, we set up a couple farms and it's a driving tour. You stop at different farms and you get to experience a farm maybe in a way that someone's never experienced before. I don't know if anyone's ever seen chickens in a, what we call a chicken tractor. People don't <laughs> understand what that is. But if you get to see it, it's pretty cool. And you get to see that's how we can raise meat. What else? We, we do a brunch with a farmer, um, which is hosted at Lorraine County Community College. And so we have a brunch. Anyone, the public's welcome. And you can come sit at just what we're doing now at a table and ask questions. And you can, you know, you can ask, well, what kind of products do you grow and, and how and where do you live? Because I might be your neighbor and not even know it. Yeah. So we do True. we do that. Um, we do, I or think, as far as advocacy, the second most important mm -hmm. thing that Farm Bureau does is um, connecting with local politicians and uh, yes. making the connection between how legislation affects farming as an industry and so we make sure um, as a member of Farm Bureau that all of the members rights are protected because there are so many challenges to having you know acres of land that other people might not be familiar with and so we work really closely with a lot of local legislators because that community is important and for the people making decisions it's important that we speak to what helps farming as an industry. It's a very big responsibility to speak yeah. for all Lorraine County. When yeah. that is on your shoulders, that's a big responsibility to speak for everybody in the county. Yeah. It is. And when we do the pork chop dinner and we invite the community members to the pork chop dinner with our um, legislator you know, in Lorraine County, if we don't understand what our community needs, we can't pass it forward. Mm -hmm. So we need that involvement from our fellow Lorraine Countyans <laughs> <laughs> to, to be able to do our, and you know, it's, it's a voluntary job. We, Hannah and I volunteer, volunteer our time mm -hmm. to fill these spots and to advocate for farming, advocate for Farm Bureau. It's a lot of responsibility. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of work on top of your regular Already. everyday <laughs> right. opportunities and responsibilities you know it's it's i mean it's 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 I, I, it's very important mm -hmm. it's, it is and it goes back to i get asked all the time you know i work part-time we have a farm we have kids we 
are trying to do a lot. And same with you guys. You have five kids. We're all trying to do a lot, but we still find time to fit in these opportunities to make a difference because it's mm-hmm. so rewarding. I mean, Jason and I over the summer or over the winter when we had that really bad snowstorm in February, I think it was. Mm-hmm. We we had what six back to back calls with local legislators, and they it's an open conversation. Hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What kind of things do you need? We've been fighting for better access to rural broadband. Mm-hmm. We've been fighting Thanks. for different tax laws regarding um, you know generations of passing farms to the next generation. We've been fighting for. The ability to farm yeah. <laughs> i mean really just the ability to do our job um and so it is a very important role in the community because we're speaking for people that don't even know we're speaking for them you know we have the opportunity to to ask questions and help make change and so for farm bureau we host a lot of events where that conversation is open the conversation is open to Someone coming and saying, hey, I have a really small lot, but I want to do this. How can I do it? Or, you know, there's there's a lot of interest in hobby farming right now or mm-hmm. urban farming. And so I think that through Farm Bureau, there's a lot of resources, a lot of ideas that we can that we can help other people come into our industry. And it might not look like mm-hmm. the typical conventional huge farm like everybody thinks of. But there's still a lot of opportunity for other individuals to get into this profession. Um, what else? Um, uh, those are the three main <laughs> projects that we do: is the Rancho the Farmer Pork Chop Dinner Farm Tour, mm-hmm. um, the fair. We do do a fair booth, oh, sure, sure, so people for can outreach. for out yeah for mm-hmm. outreach. Um, I think this year we're gonna do farmer videos. I think mm-hmm. we might be starting that. Mm-hmm. Um, doing videos, interviewing farmers, and putting it, I think we might do that to FAIR, have a, a rotating TV screen of interviews with different farmers, maybe sure. just a handful, yeah, not overwhelm everybody, but just have it on a continuous cycle if, you know, the FAIR hopefully, <laughs> hopefully uh, happens. <laughs> happens this year, which is going to be exciting. Yeah. And so different, you know, be nice to have a, a beef farmer, you know, a, it just, there's tons of different operations in Lorraine County, and, yeah. and just getting familiar yep. with them and letting yeah. the community building be that aware. Be aware. Yeah. Of yeah. Different. There's there's different operations out there in different sizes. And it's all of operations. in one little area, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. It is. It's pretty diverse, from what I can tell. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I think every opportunity for outreach, whether it's through Farm Bureau or you know, inviting the public to your farm, etc feels like a personal um, goal, a personal like issue um, because farming is so innately like involves such passion and drive, but more specifically because it's the family farm in the sense of family farm. So you really feel that obligation Mm -hmm. to do that outreach, Um, but it's an obligation you want to do um, in any way you can. And that's hopefully we, my wife and I are able to do that with our sunflowers. We, we're we opened up our farm for people to come out. Walk through last walk through. year. Yeah, mm. they did, yeah, we did that last year. Totally, on, so totally, was totally on accident. Totally was <laughs> not pre- on accident. Totally was not prepared. No, it for, was, yeah. 
But there was a lot of interest. There was a lot of interest. People just driving by and they're like, oh my gosh, that's cool because it's not beans, it's not corn, it's something different. We had a lot of interest from other farmers who would call and say, okay, I can't figure it out. Right. That have been driving by for weeks. Like, I know, I thought it was a soybean, (laughs) but now it's not like, and they, and they really wanted to figure out on their own. (laughs) And then they had to just buckle down and call us. Um, Which you bring up another point that we haven't really touched on yet is one of the other things that I think is extremely important for other farmers in the area to Mm. know and for the community to know, it's a unique position because we are technically all competitors, right? We are all growing Mm -hmm. and we are in competition with each other, but there's no other industry I've worked in where if I have a question, I'm going to call the person who's doing the same thing I am, Mm -hmm. who we're selling to the same place and say, hey, what do I do? Most often people are like, okay, here's what you do. And this is why I think that we, I mean, we touched on, you know, we need to kind of get that community back. We need to, it's not just us versus them because in this industry, it kind of is, but from a community standpoint within the farming community, it's important that other farmers are helping each other and supporting each other, even though we are trying to all do the same thing (laughs) or similar. Yep. I liked um, when Hannah had described like sending her children out into the world as mm-hmm. advocates mm-hmm. for farming. Um, and I think that's a highlight and also another form of outreach. Like you have this love and this passion and you mm-hmm. really want to um, get the knowledge out there and you kind of utilize your children <laughs> as little yeah. mini advocates um, on our farm. You know, we started doing little things to incorporate um, the children and their effort and for them to develop their own appreciation and love for farming mm-hmm. in their own way. And we started selling pumpkins for that reason. So it's something they can directly participate mm-hmm. in um, and develop that work ethic, that knowledge base, but specifically that interaction with the community. And I think when we sell pumpkins during the fall, um, when we invite people to come look at our sunflower field, we use that as an opportunity for outreach. You're not just coming to buy a pumpkin. You're coming and learning about a farm family. You're interacting with the way they mm-hmm. have their operation and um, how their children are involved. And it really is, um, I, I think, just another way, a form of outreach for us. And kids are so good at that. Mm-hmm. They, they are. They, accidentally. Gets, yeah, accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely not on purpose, but yep. it gets built into their, their psyche in a lot of ways. That's mm-hmm. their culture. And then they can share that with their friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then those kids know all about it. And then they start, yeah, and that then, appreciation for just, agriculture. It's just in there. And once you learn that as a kid, I mean, you don't lose those things necessarily. It's hard. Yeah. It that's what happened in. with me. I didn't grow up on a farm and mm-hmm. I was always curious about mm-hmm. it. Always curious about where food came from. And so... It just worked out that I was able to have all the opportunities I had to be able to eventually have my own mm-hmm, farm. But mm-hmm. as a kid, my it was simple as it was as simple as my parents taking me to the fair, <laughs> and I got to see. Oh my gosh, yeah. this is what the, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And I was never exposed to all of that. Um, and so I think that's why you know we make those decisions for teaching our children how how food is grown and how to talk to other people about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean my. My kids are <laughs> always talking about the weird things that happen on our farm, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> all the all the the weird things. But um, it is it's just really interesting, like to for for them to be the one to go tell other people mm-hmm. 
how fun it is to raise chickens or whatever when else they we're raising. have their friends over and their friends are and i mean these are little people my kids are 11 our kids are 11 and under but you know their friends come over and they're like wow a yep. farm is so cool mm -hmm. um you know, I've had people say, oh, now my you know child wants to be a farmer. <laughs> um, and I'm like, that's great. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, when they get older, boy, we'll put them to work. <laughs> well, and, and what's so funny about that, you know, we just bought our land. And with the pandemic, most of my family hasn't even come to our house yet, seen our mm. farm. So um, my, my cousin actually came over with her two kids last weekend. And all the chores I do in the morning are chores. You know, those are the things that, that I'm used to. But I was never, it never really occurred to me how fascinating that is for someone who's mm -hmm. maybe never been there. <laughs> so, sure. you know, they're touching the baby chicks and, and mm -hmm. seeing, you know, from a chick all the way up to an adult chicken. And after they left, my cousin, you know, called me and she's like, hey, I just want to let you know that um, Graham said that he wants to marry the chicken lady. <laughs> because he was so... <laughs> He was so fascinated mm -hmm. by seeing different animals, seeing different, you know, he doesn't know that in the store, this is where it came from. Um, and so making those connections, is, it's fun. It is rewarding when someone's like, wow, this is really cool. Because to us, we're used to it. We're, you know, we're used to it. I took it for granted. I, I take it for granted that I grew up on a farm, didn't know any different. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I had a lot of opportunities you know, other school kids didn't have oh, yeah. when I was growing up. You know, I wake up in the morning and run outside. Didn't come back until dark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. It's just, and I took that, you know, I, I look back now, I go, boy, I had it made. Yeah. Yeah, we have a really big dirt pile that uh, <laughs> is is uh, on our farm. And I'm telling you, my kids could probably spend several hours sliding mm -hmm. down that thing. And that's all they need. They just need some dirt. Mm -hmm. That they just want to have fun. They just want to go explore, and that's the that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of the opportunity we can provide them, and what we want to share with other people. We want other people to come out and see. You know, this is what we're doing every day. Yeah, I mean, kids are naturally curious. So when you're creating these experiences of growing a pumpkin or feeding chickens, mm -hmm. you're making those connections, and it works for adults too. If you're opening up your farm, yeah, yeah, for someone who. As an experience mm -hmm. that to be able to go in and see right that's when you're making the connection and mm -hmm. sharing the story right yeah. right the only reason i've touched a chicken is because we hatched them here at the library <laughs> yeah yeah or a, a duck and a quail i've never been anywhere near a pig before that's and the reason i saw an alpaca was because one came in and i thought oh there's an animal <laughs> <laughs> right, but right. I'm, you know i'm a suburbanite so i grew up i didn't get to experience that and it's like oh man mm -hmm. that would have been really really interesting and fun mm -hmm looking back now yep. there's always the opportunity i but mean yeah. there's always the opportunity to learn mm -hmm. more about cows pigs mm -hmm. the the animals that maybe people aren't familiar with if someone wants to get into agriculture what advice would you give there's that curiosity there what's a good starting point for folks there are a lot of organizations out there um one of which is our certified our organic certifying agency, um, OFA, it's Ohio Ecological Farm and uh, Association. Anyway, food and farm, I think, something like that. <laughs> but they have programs where they will um, match you up with a farmer oh. to get farm experience. Mm -hmm. um, I believe they have grants, um, but they do a lot of outreach. So I think one of the reasons we're huge proponents of outreach is because 
we've connected with larger organizations that have such a passion for outreach too. And then it kind of is a trickle down effect. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Um, I completely And I'm agree. sure there's more out there than um, I'm even aware of. Uh, but I think connecting with a farmer um, may be one of the more important ones um, because a lot of things, you know, you can learn from a book, mm -hmm. um, but in farming, there has to be some practical. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Until yeah. you do it, you don't yeah. know summer what jobs. it is. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, there's always there's always things to do in the summertime. So, I mean, if someone's interested, they just contact a farmer and it may have a summer job for you. Yeah. Maybe but even just, just walking around a yeah. farm. Yep. Um, interviewing one, yeah. interviewing a farmer. Just 4-H mm -hmm. is actually, yeah. there's still FFA in some other schools. It's really unfortunate that it's still not a big thing in, I mean, Midview schools um, and other schools, but um, FFA is still a big thing. They still have that out at the JVS. Um, and 4-H actually does give a really great background and kind of uh, foundation for agriculture. Yeah. Um, but a lot of schools are also, I think, understanding the importance of agriculture. Um, Hannah can speak to the Sustainable Ag Department at the Lorain County Community College. Yeah, so at Lorain County Community College, the Sustainable Ag Department, they have their own program, which actually just partnered to create a bachelor's degree pathway. Oh, really? Um, and they have a couple different pathways with other universities. And I am excited that this program is really, it's really taking off because there is a lot of interest in agriculture. And I think one of the key things, if someone says, hey, I want to be a farmer, well, they need to get the experience of working on someone else's farm in order to understand what it truly is because we just had a focus group yesterday with a group of farmers and the question was well what are your challenges what what can we provide to help you and labor was one of them labor was one of the challenges to where we have a lot of farms but at least around here most farms are family farms and so you know it's very taxing for certain growers around here because they cannot get labor and so what's i think happening is is agriculture is very appealing and it's kind of right now got this oh this is really cool especially after the pandemic i'm going to grow my own food i'm going to garden i'm going to learn how to do all this which is wonderful but until you actually do it and you communicate with someone who does it as um their their full-time job then you learn and you experience some of the things that actually that you actually have to do because there's a lot of people that don't realize you know marketing social media finances all the decision decisions you have to make and that's what's nice about the program at Lorain county community college is they're giving students the opportunity to visit our farms and actually work and so then they have skills when they leave there to go to someone else's farm and create or cr go create their own farm um so it's a it's a wonderful program. Yeah. I think I think it's very um, great for Lorain County to have some type of pathway so that if someone's interested, they now have the tools to learn how to grow and and what what they can also investigate what they want to grow. There's so many opportunities, oh. and there's so many people. I think what's nice about Lorain County is people are getting really creative, and the pandemic mm -hmm. has made different growers more creative and adding value-added products that maybe they weren't working on before, but now they need to sustain their farm. And so the college does a great job of uh, getting students through that program to then come get some more experience on a farm and then go start their own farm. Um, so it's, it's, it's been yeah, good. I have to say, Lorraine County has definitely in the past 
I would say 10 years have definitely changed and gotten more creative. Different products oh, yeah. have mm-hmm. come from Lorraine County. That's mm-hmm. just, and is that's and I, I'm going to say, wow, that's based on, uh, you know, urban sprawl. We have to change the way we operate. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. If we want, it, we just have to change the way we operate. Be more creative on Be more creative acres. on fewer acres. Mm-hmm. Just, which is good. I mean, it's a good thing and well, it's a bad thing yeah. too. I mean, it's for, you know, but that is one thing urban sprawl has done is made us more creative. Yeah. And so there's a lot more opportunities. Right. You don't have to mm-hmm. have to have a tractor and, you know, a few implements and a plant, you know, and go out and buy a hundred acres. You can start on a half an acre. Um, you can find out where your interest and your passion lies. Um, and I was going to mention, um, when you have a love of agriculture, being a farmer per se, um, is not necessarily the end all be all. There are so many careers in agriculture mm-hmm. um, that you just have to find your niche. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you do that through ex- you know, experience. Yeah. You do that through, and, and where the market mm-hmm. takes you. We started thinking we were going to do just strictly produce, and the market took us a different way because there was a need and we filled that need, and now that's where we're headed. And mm-hmm. And so for anyone getting into agriculture, one thing that's important to talk about is the challenges. I mean, land access we already talked about is extremely difficult and there are organizations out there that are trying to help beginning farmers. There are bills that have gone through um, the House and the Senate that are helping make it easier for beginning farmers to access land. But um, that's why we spoke earlier to the importance of keeping land in agriculture instead of other industries because there are people who want to farm and genuinely cannot find land or enough land to be able to do what they want to do. Um, but that also leads to people getting very creative, which is, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, One of you the know. reasons we got into organic, we had to be we creative. creative. Exactly, exactly. And so there are definitely opportunities, but those opportunities don't come without challenges. And sure. Sure. once they, once someone gets past those, it's extremely rewarding. Um, and so, I think you brought up, you know, ask a farmer questions. Mm. What, what's it like? I mean, there's plenty of grants. There's plenty of opportunities to get into agriculture. You just have to do a lot of research and take your time figuring out, well, what do you want to do? And you just have to do it. You just have to do it and try it. You know, there's days where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have an hour <laughs> of chores and a half hour. What am I going to do? <laughs> you know, but you just you, you have to try it and and set up your operation to fit your family's needs and um there are definitely opportunities any of us will talk to anybody mm-hmm. who wants to know <laughs> you, you start talking about farming to a farmer you're going to get talked to into your <laughs> exactly it's just it's a uh, given it's just a given any interest we're like yep do you want to yep. volunteer how about tomorrow <laughs> we need you here <laughs> that's good, how it goes it's a good thing to have that many paths forward yeah what what kind of hopes do you I guess have for the future of, of the industry in the area as we you know wrap up here? What do you what do you want it to be? See, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> my hope is that we can keep the farm families we have. Mm. Let's 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 try to keep the ones that are still around around. We've lost so many good farmers in our just in this area because of urban sprawl and technology and i mean you go up and down the road every every silo you see that was a dairy farm and there's a lot of them that are just it's vacant there were a lot 
So if what I like to see is the farm families that are still here to still be here. And that's going to be a, and that's a job for me and Hannah on the Farm Bureau Board. That's our job. Mm -hmm. It's every farmer's job. Every farmer's <laughs> job. But we are the voice of the yeah. farmers on farm, in Lorraine County Farm Bureau. So I take yeah. that very personally. Yeah. And I think that one of the steps to getting there to keep those farms flourishing um, so that successive generations, regardless of if they're in the family, because we've talked about if our five kids, if the only thing we do is raise them to have an appreciation for agriculture mm -hmm. and to be those good stewards and advocates, our job is done. Mm -hmm. And we just need to find another young farmer that has their heart set in agriculture. Doesn't even have to be our you know, children, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. that's our goal. And I wanna see that community support. We're only gonna get there through, you know, the knowledge portion, I think, um, for that appreciation in order to see the farms that are still here keep yeah. keep thriving in the future. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think I think the the biggest goal for the future is that we can make a better connection between who's growing our food and who's consuming our food. And if we can't close that gap, then we're going to be further further pushed away because consumers are driving the decisions that we make. And we want to make those decisions to meet consumers' needs, but if we don't even have a conversation, then we can't make a decision. We need to know what consumers want and how so that we can make sure that we're providing for the other 99% of people who aren't growing their own, who aren't growing food. Um, and it's not, and it's not just food, it's fiber and fuel and all the other things that all the farmers in the country are growing. Um, and so closing that gap, I think, is probably one of my goals um, so that consumers know that they can come to us and say, I don't understand how this works. Can you explain it to me? Or why why is this product better than this product? Because, you know, you walk in the grocery store and there's an entire aisle of chips and pop, an entire aisle. But there's still growers that are right down the street growing healthy protein or healthy vegetables that are free of all the things that are in the store that are m m way more superior, um, but that connect, they don't know that they're yeah. there. They want to go there, but they don't know that they're there. So that's why I always say it's important for me that consumers are asking questions and asking, questioning what they're purchasing from the store and questioning where does it come from and how maybe could I support a local farmer instead. And closing that gap, I think, will help with keeping more farms, more small farms in the area and an open conversation. You know, our goal is not to make a ton of money. Our goal is to feed people and it's essential. That's a need that mm -hmm. I think some people forget that, that the people who are growing their food truly want to do good. Mm -hmm. And keeping that alive is important. Yeah. I am struck by the amount of like self-reflection and kindness and knowledge and creativity that goes into all of this. So mm -hmm. I just want to thank all of you for being yes. here with us today and sharing those experiences. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yep, thank you for the opportunity to, uh, well, speak on what we're passionate about. Right. I, I honestly <laughs> could sit here and talk all day. Yeah. If you want to know something about organic, I mean, anything. Because... 
there's just not enough people asking questions. Yeah. And there's yeah. so many people who are like, yes, this is why. This is mm -hmm. what we do. This is why. Mm -hmm. And so once people start coming to Farmers and saying, I'm curious, I want to know my son. I mean, how many times have you said or you've heard someone say to you, Hey, can I send my kids to your farm so that they can learn how to work hard? Yes. It's like, mm -hmm. well, yeah, that that's great. <laughs> like, we have such a good opportunity to do that. Um, and so this is fun. It's fun to get out and be able to talk about it because we're passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so yeah, thank you again for <laughs> yes. giving us this opportunity oh. yes. to speak about what we're passionate about. Yeah. We appreciate it. It's, it's and, fun for us to learn. Honestly. Yes. And hopefully your your listeners will want us back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would be great. There's, there's, there's definitely more or to talk about. Or visit the farm. Yeah. 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 Or visit the farm. But yeah, there's definitely more to talk about. Always. Oh, yeah. yeah. I agree. Oh, so. well, yeah. Well, thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you to our guests, Jason and Angela Shriver and Hannah DiVincenzo, for joining us today and to our listeners for exploring this page of Grafton area history with us. For more local history content, check out the Grafton Midview Public Library's collection online at gmplibrary.org slash localhistory. If you have a question for us or a topic you'd like us to explore on a future episode, email us at postcardsfromgrafton at gmail.com. This has been Postcards from Grafton.